1: And I'm a veterinarian. I'm coming to you live from my first vacation in five years. That's because now I'm an indie vet. They've created a whole new way to practice that truly puts vets first. So without any guilt, I can lay on this beach and know that back on the mainland, I've got the support of an awesome team, plenty of shifts that fit my life, and the freedom that usually only comes with relief. So yes, I love my job, but I could really get used to this. Another Mai Tai, please. Indie vets, A whole new way to vet. Hello again, friends. Welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by Colin Taylor. Today is the first time that Colin and I have gotten together here on Gamecock Central Radio. So we're looking forward to talking Gamecock football today with you. Colin, how are you getting along?
0: I am awesome, man. I'm trying to stay cool. Uh it's been a little hot in Columbia the past few weeks, so just getting ready for our football season pickups. pick up. Yes, yeah,
1: that time of year, man. It's been hot as Hades mm-hmm. here, about 95, 96 degrees the last few days. So it's par for the yeah. course. We've come to expect that here in South Carolina. They say we're separated from the heat of Hell's Kitchen by a screen door down here in South Carolina. So we're used to this kind of heat. And it's also talking season, as Steve Spurrier used to put it. So that's what we're doing today. We're talking Gamecock football. We're 40 days until the Gamecocks kick off the 2017 season, year two of the Will Muschamp era. And people are excited, Colin, because Will Muschamp had such a young football team a year ago, and a lot of the key players are back this year, particularly on offense. So there's reason to believe the Gamecocks are going to score some points this year and just have a better football team overall than what they had last year in Will Muschamp's first year.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, I think I asked Debo Samuel, um, one of the return wide receivers at, down at SEC Media Days, what he expects this offense to look like. And he said that they expect to have weapons all, all over the field and be able to score points in bunches. And when you look at the depth chart, I mean, there's really, really not a reason to you know, discredit that. I mean, they returned Debo Samuel, obviously, who, uh, is one of the best receivers on the team last year. They used him in a lot of different ways. Uh, Brian Edwards, who kind of came on strong as a, um, number two wide receiver to Debo in his freshman season last year. And then they have Hayden Hurst and, uh, Casey Crosby, at tight end, uh, and both of them have been really, really good. I think Hurst was second on the team with 616 yards of off, or yards receiving last year, uh, only behind Devo, who had 783. And then Casey Crosby led the team or was tied for the team league with four touchdown passes caught last year. So they returned a lot of weapons, and plus they got that uh, Bentley kid throwing the ball back there who's, who's not half bad. So they got a lot of reason for optimism for sure um, in that lineup. And then obviously they have Rico Dowdy, who had a pretty good freshman year last year and uh, A.J. Turner as well, along with um, Tyson Williams, who's um, a back who had to sit out last year for transfer. So when Debo Samuel says that they have uh, weapons all over the field, it's really hard not to believe him on that because they see it every day. They know how explosive this offense has the potential to be uh, heading into this season.
1: We're 40 days from kickoff. South Carolina will take on NC State in Charlotte, 3 o'clock kickoff on Saturday september the 2nd so we're going to focus on the offense today colin and uh, let's stay with debo samuel for a moment junior wide receiver six foot 215 pounds out of inman south carolina played at chapman high school he was a fantastic high school football player and he's really blossomed into a fantastic receiver for the gamecocks had a breakout game in the bowl game last year 14 catches for 190 yards the 14 catches Tied a Gamecock school record, and it was a bowl record as well for the Gamecocks. So he's coming off the best game of his career and going into his junior year, third year in the program now. Debo Samuel, named to the Bolitnikoff Award watch list. The Bolitnikoff Award each year goes to the top pass catcher in college football. So, you know, he's one of the stars in the making in the SEC and one of the players to watch for the Gamecocks Coming into 2017 preseason, first team All-SEC as an all-purpose back. And he was also second team, a preseason All-SEC as a kickoff returner by Athlon. So he anchors what figures to be a very good wide receiver core for the Gamecocks. You mentioned Brian Edwards. South Carolina will have some newcomers that could contribute this year as well. And you talked about Hayden Hurst and depth at the tight end position, so it's not just wide receivers that the Gamecocks have got that will be catching passes this year. It's a big group, and there's talent there, Colin. Well, absolutely. and um,
0: you Kind of going back to Debo for a second, he's he's not just a wide receiver. I mean, they use him all over the field. He's their kickoff specialist. He's their kickoff returner. Um, he uh, was really instrumental in that jet sweep they ran last year in Kurt Roper's offense. Uh, he, I mean, he rushed for six touchdowns. He he ran for six touchdowns. He ran for more than he caught, um, and he gained 102 yards on the ground over last season. They used him a lot in those short yardage, close to the goal line situations. He can get around the edge and just power his way into the end zone there. So um, he's a versatile guy. But after him, you know, you have Brian Edwards, who's kind of, you know, the the thunder. Debo Samuel's lightning. He's a bigger guy. He's kind of more physical. Six three, two fifteen, um, and then Hayden Hurst, who's just as he's the sa- he's Jake Bentley's safety blanket. He's hes the guy that's going to be there to go up and catch some balls for him. Um, he, Hayden Hurst joked for a little bit, as you've many days, he said, whenever, or I tell Jake all the time, when he's in trouble, uh, just to throw it up, and he's going to bail him out. So there's a good relationship there with Hayden and Jake Bentley, who uh, is kind of still learning a little bit in the SEC, still kind of getting his feet wet, and to have weapons like that around the field um, it's certainly good for a young quarterback who's coming into the less than a full year as a starting quarterback in the SEC. Let's
1: we'll stay with wide receiver for a moment here. Colin, talk about some other players who could contribute this year. You know, Randriquez Davis was a factor, battled some injuries last year, wasn't on the field as much as maybe he would have liked, but certainly he showed some potential. And then we got Ortre Smith and Shai Smith, a couple of freshmen coming in this year. Talk about those three and anybody else that may contribute this year.
0: Right. So they had three wide receivers. Saw some time last year. Didn't really start. Um, but Rangrika Davis is a guy you mentioned. Played two games, caught for 45 yards. Uh, Chavis Dawkins is another guy that can maybe fill his role and uh, find his way into the slot receiver position uh, for some games. Started one game last year. Caught for 69 yards, uh, played in 11 games. And then Terry Guger, uh, three starts last year, played in 11 games, caught for 66 yards. Um, is one of those guys that could see some time as the slot receiver as well or in that rotation. And then, obviously, Ortrey Smith, who was uh, highly touted coming out of high school. Uh, really, really good player. Played a Wando and just w- was all over the field. Really versatile. Uh, bigger guy, too. He's six four, 6'4", um, and weighs a little bit more than Brian Edwards did. So they could probably use him in that slot receiver position too. And um, I know there's a lot of buzz surrounding Ortrey Smith. Uh, this going into preseason camp and going into the first part of the season as a guy that could potentially have a breakout year this year if he stays healthy.
1: What are the expectations for Ortrey, Colin? Uh, you know, as a freshman coming in, you know, I'm I'm cautious against lumping too high of expectations on him, but clearly, Gamecock Nation feels like. You know, this is a kid that could come in and make an immediate impact. Physically, he's very gifted. He's an in-state product. Folks know a lot about him, having played at Wando, a finalist for Mr. Football in South Carolina High School Ball a year ago and a well-known name in high school football circles over the last couple of three years. So uh, how is he going to fit into the scheme, and how much playing time will there be for him this year?
0: I think that if he stays healthy, there's going to be a lot of time for him on the field. He's a guy that can make an impact early when he comes to campus was he was a four-star receiver coming out of high school. Um, and when you look at him, he's the prototypical sec wide possession wide receiver, a guy that's going to go up and go get balls and out muscle defensive backs that, you know, South Carolina really hasn't had it over the past few years. I mean, now they have it with Brian Edwards, but they're getting more of these guys that can make catches with it in traffic and make catches in the middle of the field when they're maybe, you know, double teamed or have safety help over top and, um he's a guy that i think if he can stay healthy and continue to progress like the coaches expect him to progress um he's gonna have a very good freshman year and then uh also you know continue that and parlay it into a very good uh collegiate career at south carolina he's gonna be he seems like he's gonna be the guy that uh is the go-to weapon over the next few years once steveo leaves and brian edwards uh leaves school and Portray could be the the number one wide receiver
1: next year, too. Yeah, the Gamecocks have got talent. They've got depth at wide receiver. And, uh, Colin, one of the players that I was tremendously impressed with last year was Brian Edwards. Certainly don't want to leave him out. You talked about him a little bit, but I wanted to talk about him a little bit more. I think at times it was easy to forget that he was a true freshman last year, and he did not play like it. He played like a seasoned veteran, particularly toward the end of the season. Terrific hands, you know, the ability to go up and catch the football on top of or over defenders. I just thought the potential was tremendous for Brian Edwards last year. So, you know, how much is he going to improve this year? And what can we expect from Brian Edwards in 2017?
0: Right, he, he's a guy that hit that the ground running. And when he got inserted into that offense, uh, was nicked up for a little bit last year, but played in 12 of the team's 13 games, uh, Caught for about 600 yards. Uh, He's a guy that I would put a lot of expectations on this year because he had such a good freshman year. Because they're gonna—he's another year into the offense with Kurt Roper and Will Muschamp there. Uh, Will Muschamp has pounded into the local media and his players' heads that the biggest development for players comes after year one and before year two. that that's when they get more comfortable. The game kind of slows down for them. So if Brian Edwards was playing like that his freshman year, and now the game's kind of slowing down and he's more comfortable. Um, I would look for him to probably have a pretty big year if, he's, if he continues to develop like he developed near the end of last year.
1: Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips with Colin Taylor. We're 40 days until kickoff. The Gamecocks take on NC State Saturday, September the 2nd in Charlotte. Kickoff set for 3 p.m., on Saturday, September the 2nd. We're focusing on the offense today. we got a lot more to come on today's podcast here on Gamecock Central Radio. We invite you to download the Gamecock Central Radio app. We've got this phone app that's on the App Store and on Google Play. You can then subscribe to our podcast. Search for Gamecock Central Radio. You'll find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or just visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. The app is free. Our podcasts are free. Download the app today. Colin, a lot of the reason that folks are optimistic about the skill players that we've already talked about, the receivers and Hayden Hurst and the tight ends, is because the Gamecocks are set up at starting quarterback, and that has not been the case the last couple of years. You know, there was some uncertainty the last couple of years who would start at quarterback, and I think one of the biggest reasons for comfort going into 2017 for Gamecock football fans is the fact that there is no disputing who the number one quarterback is. Certainly there are questions about who the number two quarterback might be, But as long as Jake Bentley stays healthy this year, the Gamecock offense should be in good shape. How does Bentley improve? Colin, it was amazing to me that Bentley should have been a senior in high school last year. Didn't play the first six games. And when he became the starter after the bye week in the middle of the season last year, he showed flashes of brilliance. He made some throws that we as Gamecock fans have not seen around here in a long time so people are very optimistic about Jake Bentley heading into year number two for him
0: and the stuff he was doing as a you know 18 year old were I mean they were jaw dropping the things the throws he was able to make these back shoulder fade routes these leading passes I mean the things he did were not indicative of him being a high school senior or shouldn't have been a high school senior he seemed very comfortable with the playbook from what you know he did on the field and what he said you know going into preseason camp this year um he feels even more comfortable now now that he's had an entire offseason to work on it and study this playbook and learn his hot reads and get more comfortable with his wide receivers and i mean the way he's talking in the way that you know mustang talked about him, they have a a guy they think they can really win with at south carolina Because, you know, kind of like he's this typical, this prototypical SEC quarterback, you know, 6'3", 220, um, with a cannon for an arm that can, you know, run the ball when he needs to. He has a bright future if he can continue to to play the way that he played. I mean, he didn't look, he looked like a seasoned guy last year. And that's reason for encouragement if you're South Carolina uh, offensive coordinator Kurt Roper.
1: As good as Bentley was in the pocket, Colin, at times, you know, he was pressured. He was hit a lot last year, and he showed an ability to run the football. I certainly would not characterize him as a running quarterback, but he can run the football when the protection broke down. He showed an ability to escape and turn negative yardage plays into positive yards, and that was a real positive aspect of his game, I thought, last year. So with the questions at depth at quarterback, Colin, will there be an attempt by Kurt Roper and the Gamecock coaching staff to limit Bentley's running at least to some degree in 2017. They've got to keep him healthy this year. Colin, will he run less?
0: I would think so. Uh, they did a lot of RPOs last year, with the run-pass option, to where you know Jake could hand the ball off or and, or throw however he wanted to do it. Uh, they, I think, protecting the quarterbacks obviously the number one thing, regardless of you know depth of quarterback. Uh, but this year, definitely more. So I think you're going to see more you know pocket passing. A lot of quick uh, slant screens, um, very three-step drop kind of things to where you're not really having to hold the ball a long time if you're Jake Bentley and worry about maybe a pocket collapsing or you know a blitz coming to get you and then you roll an ankle and you're out for a game or something like that. I think that you're going to see a lot quicker offense, um, getting the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible to limit the kind of the time that he had to hold the ball in the
1: pocket. So Bentley didn't play the first half of the season last year, and the Gamecocks played six games, entered the bye week. There was talk that Bentley might redshirt. Made no sense to me at the time why Bentley would skip his senior year of high school to come to South Carolina in a redshirt. And sure enough, after the bye week, Will Muschamp names him the starter, and the Gamecocks played better football and seemed to take on a different identity with Jake Bentley as a starting quarterback. And he already ranks first in school history in completion percentage. Colin, 65.8% a year ago in the completion percentage department for Jake Bentley. Threw for 1,420 yards and nine touchdowns. And Bentley named to the Davey O'Brien watch list last week. That award goes to the top quarterback in college football. And this is the one award that fans can vote on. You can vote at VoteOBrien.com dot org. That's V-O-T-E-O-B-R-I-E-N dot org. Vote so Jake Bentley completed a lot of passes, and this is what people like about him, Colin. Presence in the pocket, command of the offense, and leadership skills.
0: And I asked Hayden Hurst at SEC Media Day is just what about Jake Bentley makes it makes you confident that, you know, you're handing your, the key to your offense to a nineteen year old. And Hayden Hurst said, you know, point blank, he doesn't act like he doesn't carry himself like a nineteen year old. And what must step back to the same thing is that Bentley stepped into this the starting quarterback role and took over as a leader on this team because he was so mature for his age and he he seems like a natural leader, a great motivator in terms of making sure guys are doing what they're doing. You know, lifting guys up, being encouraging, especially in summer workouts and weightlifting sessions. So he's he's a guy that players look up to and players, you know, he sets an example for. Not only the younger guys, but some of the guys that might be older than him, some of the guys that might be behind him on the depth charts, they're going to work just as hard because they see Jake working that hard. And, um, Hayden Hurst said there'll be times when, you know, Jake Benny will go and watch film with Hayden Hurst and, you know, when he doesn't need to just because he wants to spend that time. He wants to get as acclimated with his players and with the other teams that they're watching as possible. So, you know, he's, he's a guy that you know, has a good head on his shoulders. He's, um, very cognizant of what he's doing at all times. And he's – from from everything that the players have been saying about him is that he's just a great leader of the team and can really
1: inspire guys. All right, so all of these attributes combined with just the natural ability that Jake Bentley has got heading into his second year as a college quarterback. First year – first full year as a starter, uh, part of the reason, along with these pass catchers that we talked about earlier – that people think the Gamecocks are going to have the ability to score a lot of points this year. Colin, I thought uh, Bentley starting after the at the start of the second half of the season last year, uh, obviously it coincided with Rico Dowdle, the freshman running back a year ago from Asheville, uh, moving into the starting lineup as well. Dowdle was nicked up in the preseason last year. He didn't benefit from a full camp. He didn't play at all the first six games of the season. And then in Game 7 – Uh, He started the football game along with Jake Bentley. They joined the Gamecock starting lineup together. And I think Dowdle's presence improved the running game. And, you know, Dowdle helped Bentley. Bentley helped Dowdle. The two kind of went hand-in-hand. And I thought Rico Dowdle was incredible as a freshman a year ago. 5'11", 220 pounds. He had three 100-yard games, ran for 764 yards on 133 carries last year, highlighted by a 226-yard rushing effort in the win over Western Carolina last year. That was the sixth-highest single-game rushing total in University of South Carolina history. Got Ran for some tough yards in that win over Tennessee at home last year, which helped propel South Carolina to a bowl game last year. The Gamecocks went from three wins two years ago to six wins last year, got them into a bowl game. And I thought Rico Dowdle obviously had a major hand in that. A.J. Turner contributed a lot last year, Colin, and this year the Gamecocks will have the addition of another new running back, and it's going to be Tyson Williams, who's originally from Sumter County. He's a South Carolina product, played at Crestwood High School, originally went to the University of North Carolina out of Crestwood, played one year with the Tar Heels, and then transferred to South Carolina. He sat out last year physically about the same size as Rico Dowdle and a similar style of runner, a physical type of running back, Colin, that I think Gamecock fans are going to like right away.
0: Right, and I think Rico Dowdle and Tyson Williams are kind of the same breed of running back. They're very... They're shifty. I mean, their they're bo- the top half of their body could go one way while their legs are going the other, and it's just so hard to tackle those guys. Um, the only action that Gamecock fans would have seen Tyson Williams in was the uh, spring game this year, and um, there was a kind of a big Final Four game going on at the same time, so I don't know if they got to see him, but uh, I was there, and uh, I was really, really impressed with what he did. I mean, he would make one cut, and he was through a hole and, in the secondary, and before you know it, it was a 20-yard run. Um, this kid, he can play and, uh, adding him to a, a backfield with Rico Dowdle in it is going to be, uh, just as lethal, I think, because, you know, Rico should flashes of being really, really good last year, uh, as maybe not a feature back with, you know, AJ Turner also in there, uh, splitting reps, but coming into this year, he's listed as the number one starter along with Williams and AJ Turner in a lot of the or situation. Yeah. Uh, but Rico Dowdle uh, should be the number one running back going into uh, game one against NC State, and uh, I think there's a lot to life with him because he is so shifty he is um, and also can run for for power when he needs to as well and pick up those those gritty yards uh, between, the, between the tackles and, you know, if it's third and one, you don't feel bad about handing off to him.
1: Rico Dowdle, another exciting player for Gamecock football, just a sophomore named to the Doak Walker Award Watch List last week, and that's the only major – college award that requires all candidates to be in good academic standing so a feather in the cap for Rico Dowell being named to the Doak Walker award watch list last week so that brings us to the offensive line Colin and this is I think the, the number one area of concern for Gamecock football fans and probably for the coaching staff as well coming into 2017 the offensive line might have been the biggest disappointment of the Gamecock football team a year ago. You know, the coaches going into the season last year were talking up the offensive line as the strength of that unit, and I don't think that proved to be the case. What did you think?
0: I didn't think so either. I mean, it was really, really hard for quarterbacks to kind of gain their footing. Uh, They gave up 41 sacks last year, which Mm -hmm. is just not, you know, what you want to see. I think that was the most in the SEC last year. Um, They just they struggled to block you know, edge rushers, and that was their downfall. They really didn't get a push up front, and uh, Will Muschamp's tried to remedy that. Uh, this offseason, he preached uh, being more physical on both both sides of the uh, ball and defense and offensive line, uh, and I think that that's a, a real big focal point for this team with so many weapons that, you know, you, weapons are great and all, but unless you can block for the quarterback or block for these running backs, there's really, you know, you, you kind of waste these weapons. It, if they don't have any holes to run through or, you know, lanes to pass
1: in. Yeah, and that was never more evident than in the Clemson game last year. You know, all these players that we're talking about played in that Clemson game, but because Bentley was running for his life or because the pocket collapsed around him play after play, the Gamecocks were not able to move to football at all against a Clemson team that went on to win the national championship. So... Lots of reason for optimism and excitement going into 2017, but some questions on the offensive line. Colin, talk about starters on the offensive line. The depth chart has been released. You know, Who are some of the new faces there, and who will be the stalwarts of the offensive line?
0: All right. So w- When you talk about the offensive line, you can't not start with Zach Bailey, who's uh, not only one of the best linemen in South Carolina, but one of the best linemen in the SEC. Um, has played out of position a, a little bit, uh, throughout his career, but kind of moved back home to right tackle um, where he should succeed there. I mean, he, he succeed, succeeded at center. He played well at guard and now he's kind of making his way back to where, you know, his, he kind of fits more naturally, uh, which I think is going to benefit him uh, in terms of knowing what the offense, uh knowing how the, offense, the offensive line, the rest of those positions play. Um, Alan, Knott's going to be your center. He's a, uh, a senior offensive lineman started at center last year. Uh, He's he's a guy that can play well. He's a little streaky. He was a little streaky last year, uh, but I think also in another year in Kurt Roper's offense is going to help him out too. Knowing the lingo and the kind of the phrasing that Roper and the rest of the offensive line uses. Um, Corey Helms is listed as one of the starters heading into preseason camp at right guard next to Zach Bailey, in between Bailey and Not. Um, he struggled at times last year, but also showed some moments of just of sheer power. Where you could bulldoze defensive tackles and defensive ends, so I think there's some optimism there. And then uh, on the left side of the line, you have you know Malik Young, who's a junior, who should probably get the start there the first few games of the season. Um, and then Donald Stanley at left guard, um, backed up by DJ Park. I think that's left guard is probably your most contentious position, just because you know both of those players have played before. You know Stanley got hurt a little bit last year. Uh, so I think DJ Park um, doesn't have a lot of ground to make up with Donald Stan. I think that's going to be a fun position to watch, kind of you know evolve and develop in preseason camp to see who actually uh, plays um, game one against Tennessee State. Which you know you could go in as the number one guy and uh, often you know on the depth chart heading into the you know week one, but if you don't play well, then you could lose your spot. Yeah. Um, and the and then that left tackle uh Sedarius Hutcherson he's a redshirt freshman uh listed at number two behind Malik Young uh, left tackle and so I think that's another guy that if he continues you know his development and maybe plays the way that the coaches are expecting him to play could see some time you know maybe if you know Malik doesn't play as well as he needs to or you know goes down or that Sidarius Hutcherson could be a good you know uh, rotation player for South Carolina in terms of uh the, you
1: know, Offensive line. All right. So, some position battles going into the start of preseason camp, which will be July 31st. We're about a week away from the start of Gamecock preseason camp for 2017. There will be some position battles on the offensive line and some in state products starting and playing on the offensive line for the Gamecocks. You got Zach Bailey from Somerville, Donnell Stanley from Latta. DJ Park from Dillon. I know Gamecock fans enjoy seeing in-state products contribute and there, there will certainly be a South Carolina in-state flavor on the Gamecock offensive line this year. So Colin, great discussion today. We're just starting to get into Gamecock football talk as we are 40 days away from the start of 2017 Gamecock football South Carolina and NC State Saturday, September the 2nd in Charlotte. 3 o'clock kickoff. It's going to be hot up there uh, more than likely. And then the week after, Colin, the Gamecocks will head on the road, one of their longest road trips of the year, to open SEC play. Game two will be at Missouri, and that game will be a 7 o'clock kickoff on the second Saturday of the season. So, you know, a couple of weeks on the road or at least away from home. I know the NC State game is a neutral site, but it will be, you know, three weeks into the season before the Gamecocks finally take the field at williams Bryce.
0: Right, and it's a pretty good stretch of time, you know, getting home but these are two really tough opponents in terms of uh history i mean nc state has a really good defensive line that should be a early test for that offensive line we just talked about for south carolina who um struggled at points last year so i, I mean nc state's a good young, good early test for south carolina one must yet likes that he likes knowing this team's made up early and then you have to go you know out west and you travel halfway across the country to play your first sec game um and Missouri, while they're, they've been down the past, you know, year or two has always given South Carolina fits. Those games always seem to go down to the wire. You know, everyone remembers that Connor Shaw comeback against Missouri in overtime with that you know, fourth down pass to Bruce Ellington and the, you know, the joint field goal. Um, and everyone knows that Missouri's come to South Carolina and won some games. So, I mean, two tough tests Really, Those two teams really seem to play well against each other. So, uh, South Carolina coming out of the gate does not have a week off, uh, for the first couple of weeks of the season, so it's been. It's gonna. You're gonna know right away what South Carolina is made of um, over the first two, three
1: weeks of the season. NC State and Charlotte open it up, and then at Missouri for the SEC opener, and then a couple of home games at Williams-Brice, Kentucky on September the 16th, and Louisiana Tech on September the 23rd before the Gamecocks hit the road to for another long trip to College Station, Texas, to take on the Texas A&M Aggies. So. Couple of long road trips for the Gamecocks in the first five games of the season, and we're going to talk plenty more about this and other topics as we get closer to kickoff. 40 days until kick. Colin, great talking with you today, and we look forward to doing it again soon.
0: Awesome, I enjoyed it. 40
1: days can't uh,
0: can't by fast enough.
1: Colin, give us your Twitter handle.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's uh, at Colin Taylor. So C O L L Y N T A Y L O R.
1: Yeah, don't oh, for... smush together. Okay, don't forget, Colin. C O L L Y N at Colin Taylor. Hit Colin up. Talk Gamecock football with him. You can hit me up at Emerson Phillips on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you, feedback, questions, input. Always welcome on social media and on Twitter. Thanks for being with us for Colin Taylor. I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Anatomy of an Ad
0: Subconsciously Trigger Emotions Through Music. Perfect.